and told to stand on the stage so you can see me because I'm really short, clearly. Yeah, okay. Um, right, I'm just going to take two minutes to just introduce us because um, Roger's going to preach. Um, just to say, we, as you can tell by my accent, are true Cumbrians. <laughs> um, so we moved up from Kent 12 years ago to uh, Cockermouth in Cumbria. So if any of you know the lakes, Keswick is the fairly well-known northern centre. So we live maybe 10, 12 miles, I think, Cockermouth is uh, north of, of Keswick. So that kind of places us where we are. And um, we personally have three adult kids and... Um, we share a link with you, which might surprise some of you, but I do believe that Phil and Emma, is that right, were sent out from Shrewsbury to Sweden. So they're in Stockholm, which is on the east coast of Sweden. Well, two of our kids um, also have been sent to Sweden. And um, so our son, Josh, is leading a church plant on the west coast in Gothenburg, and our youngest daughter, Chloe, is part of the church plant as well. And then our oldest daughter, uh, Ruth, lives in Cockermouth near near us. So that's our three kids. So we we had the great joy and heartache, if I'm honest, about sending two of our children abroad and knowing that more than likely they will never come back. So... That's a great thing, but it's a tough thing as well. You know, if you're honest about it as parents, it's, it's like so fantastic to let your kids go and do what God wants them to do. But it's like really hard at the same time, particularly when they start having babies. So we have, we have a two-year-old Swedish grandson and a, I don't know, eight-week-old maybe, another Swedish grandson. So Freddie and Oscar are, um, are Swedish. Oscar with a K, I'll have you know, because it's Swedish. Um, and uh, and then we have three other grandkids um, that live up in Cockermouth, and we have a puppy as well. <laughs> so at the moment, so we've substituted dogs for children <laughs> right now. <laughs> so, okay, that's us. Okay, that's superb, wonderful, wonderful, excellent. Okay, thank you so much. Kind of that's one of those statements you hope your children don't hear. You know. <laughs> We've substituted dogs for children. But I'm sure we have very capable technical people who can scrub things off. Okay, okay, excellent. Uh, so look forward to just being with you. And uh, I kind of so appreciate actually real friendships, actually. Uh, yeah, I've got to know uh, Martin over the years and so appreciate the friendship there. Uh, and, and, then, and then Terry and Helen. And in fact, I've worked quite closely with Helen on school leadership and uh, just appreciate that. And then Dave and Esther as well. Uh, it's been so great just kind of being together, really, as part of a bigger family of churches uh, that we believe God's called us to great things together. Exciting, eh? Yeah. Right. I'm going to try and do something this morning, uh, which, if I'm perfectly honest with you, I've never done on a Sunday morning before. So you can tell me after if it works or not, okay? But what I want to try and do is take three photos. Capture three photos. One is going to be one of those big panoramic photos, Uh, One is going to be a a portrait photo, and one is going to be, yes, you've guessed it, the classic selfie. Okay? 
And that's where we're going to end up with. Okay? But first of all, this panorama, and what we're going to look at is God's shepherd heart. God's shepherd heart. And we're going to take a, a, a sweep, actually, through the panorama of Scripture just to kind of capture it. Because often in our minds, we've perhaps got some very key verses that speak about God being our shepherd. Obviously, Psalm 23, and then John 10, I am the good shepherd. And often we kind of land there rightfully, but we miss the sweep of it. We miss that actually there's a real revelation of this is the God we know, we love, who's revealed himself to us. He is a shepherd. So on the panorama, I'm going to land you over there in Egypt. Okay, so we're in Egypt. And Joseph is a very busy man as Pharaoh's right hand. He's serving and God's raised him to this position. And amidst his busyness, he gets this call. That his dad, his father, Jacob, hasn't got long to last. He's literally now on his deathbed. And so Jacob goes to visit, takes his two sons with him, and he goes to visit their grandfather, his father. And Jacob blesses Joseph. And the scriptures will come up. With these words, he says, May the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walk faithfully, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day. And that's a a, a kind of a remarkable perspective that as Jacob's getting to the end of his life, he himself, he knows the ways of being a shepherd. He's had livestock. He's looked after sheep. He knows that way. And as he reflects on his journey through life, he says this, the God who's been my shepherd all my life right to this very day, right to when my breath is about about to go. And I guess in that, he was thinking of the way God had led him. Even the fact he was in Egypt. Even the fact that actually, hearing that word about national crisis, there was national crisis that you know, his homeland were in, was in famine. And he could see how God sovereignly had moved Joseph to Egypt. And that actually Jacob and the rest of the family were led there. That is the shepherd leading him to the place of food. The Good Shepherd. And then, if we were to kind of scan around a bit further, but we're still in Egypt, guys, okay? We're still in Egypt, but we scan around a bit further. We find, actually, the people of Israel, their now situation has changed drastically. They're now slaves in a foreign land. And they're crying out, they're trapped, they're crying out, for freedom, for deliverance. And what does God do? He dramatically and powerfully speaks to a shepherd, someone who is on sheep duty in the wilderness. He speaks through that burning bush. 
He speaks to a man who wakes up every morning and he gets his staff and his staff is his, is his instrument of trade. He's a shepherd and as you know, his name was Moses. And God calls Moses to lead the people out. And we often think of Moses as the great deliverer. He was also a shepherd. The whole story of the exodus, of being led out, and in all the stories of being led through the wilderness, of food is given. He leads them to food. He leads them to water. He guides them. The presence of God is with them. He leads them in the ways of God. God is shepherd of his people. And God works through Moses and Aaron. The the psalmist reflects on it in Psalm 77. He says this, Your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters. Though your footprints were not seen, you led your people like a flock. By the hand of Moses and Aaron. It's God's shepherd care. It's God's shepherd heart. He guides. He provides. He protects. He gives water. He gives food. Even in the presence of of enemies. He gives a place of protection. Exodus is marked by God's shepherd care. And then you know the story that now we've moved out of Egypt and now we're moving through the wilderness and we get to that day, or we get to that time where Moses knows that he won't be the one to lead them in. He's led them out, but he won't be the one to lead them in. And his prayer At that time, which we find in Numbers, is this. May the Lord, who gives breath to all living things, appoint someone over this community to go out and come in before them. One who would lead them out and bring them in so that the Lord's people will not be like a sheep without a shepherd. It's an interesting one, isn't it? You know, often we kind of have this image of, Oh, and he was, of Joshua as a, a mighty warrior. And we read about the battles. But it's fascinating to see that actually he was a shepherd. He was, he was expressing God's big shepherd heart for his people, which leads out and it leads in. It leads in to green pastures, a place of rest. There's a promise of rest over the promised land. But also there were enemies there. And you get this warrior, shepherd. Often two things that belong together. If you look to, I think it's in Isaiah 4, you read again a description of God there, that on one hand he's a warrior, but on another hand he, he gently carries the, us as lambs. You know, um, I need to find that verse. It's not up there, by the way. Okay, thank you. But it's worth reading. Isaiah 40, it says this, He gently leads us, as those who have, he says this, in verse 10, the sovereign Lord 
comes with power. He rules with his mighty arm. That sense of the warrior king. And in next verse, he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms. He carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. What a powerful picture. Well, blend warrior. That's how, that's how God, he's a warrior, he's a mighty king. A shepherd. Actually, shepherd king. And here we see in Joseph, in Joshua, a shepherd leading the people into the promised land. And then we move on in this panorama shot. I really am scanning it, okay? But it's real time lapse. We're scanning it, and then we find the people of God in the promised land. We find the days of the kingdom. And what we've got there is we've got David, this young shepherd lad. He's out. He's out on the hillsides. He's tending sheep. When Samuel comes in, and Samuel knows that somehow in the sons of Jesse, there will be one who will be king. And again, you know the story. That actually is the one who's out tending sheep is the one. And Samuel calls, sees, when he comes in, he's called for when he comes in and anoints him. He's anointed as king. We have a king who's been a shepherd. And the whole story, if you were to follow, chronicle the life of David, and as actually he gets into the palace, then ends up in the wilderness, you find that his story is one of being provided for, one of being cared for, one of being fed, one of being led, that even in the presence of his enemies, a table has been spread. In other words, David could truly say, the Lord is my shepherd. A shepherd king. And so again, the psalmist will reflect on that and say, he chose David, his servant, took him from the sheep pens, from tending the sheep. He brought him to be shepherd of his people, Jacob, of Israel, his inheritance. And David shepherded them with integrity of heart, with skillful hands he led them. All this reflects the shepherd heart of God. It's so important we see this big, huge backstory. God's a shepherd. God's a shepherd. We've had words this morning that have spoken about God's shepherd care for us. We have words that have spoken about when there's national crisis, that there's a place of peace. We've had words about when circumstances are difficult, when you're in the storms of life, there's a place of rest. We've had words about when we're heavy laden, that God, we come to a shepherd who can genuinely give us peace and rest. And then 
just to almost complete this panorama. So we really have swept round now, and we just land on this time where, through the unfaithfulness of the people of God, they end up in exile. And a couple of the uh, prophets at that time, they nail some of the issues, the key issues. And one of the issues at that time was this, was a failure of Israel's leaders to shepherd the people. And Ezekiel says this, whoa, uh, Jeremiah says this, whoa, to shepherds who are destroying and scattering uh, the sheep of my pasture. There's this, whoa, you've not caught God's heart. Whoa. But with that comes a promise from Jeremiah. He who scatters Israel will gather them. He will watch over his flock like a shepherd. And then we hear Ezekiel. And he again says, whoa, whoa. He expresses the failure of shepherd leaders. And he says, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and says, whoa, you only take care of yourselves. It's Ezekiel 34, verse 2. And then we get this promise. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd, look after his scattered flock when he is with them. So will I look after my sheep? It's a great promise. Amidst the woe, there's this promise. A new shepherd is coming. Someone is coming. And if you were to read on, Those scriptures in Ezekiel 34, it says that I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them. I will bring them out. I will bring them into. I will pasture them. I will tend them. I will search the lot for the lost and strange. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. This is a remarkable promise. Of someone is coming to do all these I wills. A shepherd is coming. And then we just finish off our kind of sweep, as it were, right over here. Uh, and, And another prophetic voice from another time. Micah says this, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Enter a baby born in Bethlehem. Enter Jesus. Our shepherd king born in that line of David. Our shepherd king is born and he comes. He comes for lost sheep. It's so important we understand that one. Sometimes as churches, we think about the pastoral as just helping people through their problems. That is an insufficient view of the pastoral. The shepherd seeks the lost. 
The only reason, if you're a Christian here this morning, if you're a believer here this morning, the only reason you're here is because the shepherd found you. It is amazing. You are proof of God's shepherd heart. Now, we might have thought, yeah, I made a decision to follow Jesus. And, I, you know, you, you have your own story to tell from your perspective. Behind that was the shepherd's call. And he's called you by name. He left the 99 to find you. It's wonderful. And he found you and he gathered you into his flock. It's wonderful. And now we know Jesus, the shepherd king. And all these kind of these panoramas, all these panoramic snapshots, they somehow feed into this. It's all about Jesus. He reveals the shepherd heart of God. He is the good shepherd. Just come with me into Mark chapter 6. And this is where we move from panorama to portrait. I just want to share a kind of a, uh, just a moment in the life of Jesus. And fascinatingly, it's before, it's Mark chapter 6, it's before the moment, or it's kind of sandwiched between two important stories. One is this, Herod, okay, Herod, a ruler, Okay, so seen in those days as a shepherd ruler, Herod, as a ruler, has just had this feast where he's invited all sorts of people from every kind of all the all the all the movers and shakers. Okay, that's who he's invited in, and it's a feast of self-indulgence. It's a feast where clearly the wine flows and everything and everyone, and it degenerates into total self-indulgence. And as a result of that, John the Baptist is beheaded. Following that news, Jesus, the shepherd, takes his disciples away. He takes them to a remote spot. He wants time with them. He wants to find them. He wants them to be in green pastures. But the crowd's here. And as they kind of go to the other side of the lake, the crowds here and the crowds get ahead of them and they arrive and the crowds are just waiting for them. And Jesus says this, uh, and the account is this, that when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. It's the work of a shepherd. It's to feed. It's to lead in the paths of righteousness. And the day goes on. 
And the day goes on. And suddenly, all the shops are shut. All the restaurants are shut. They're on their own. Remote place, no food. And what does Jesus do? He feeds them. He gets them to sit literally on the grass in green pastures. And there's another feast that is about to take place. This is the feast of the Good Shepherd. Remember, Herod's palace was all about self-indulgence and it ended in death. This feast of the Good Shepherd is to end in life, in nourishment. And somehow he catches the disciples up in that. Such an important story. We often think of the miraculous breaking of bread and, that, and, 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 the, you know, and, and sharing of the fish. We often think of that in terms of the miraculous. And yeah, absolutely, it's miraculous. But just see the shepherd's action behind that. He's feeding. He's giving them green pastures. Actually, he's giving them a table in the presence of their enemies. It's so important we understand that. This is Jesus. This is a portrait of Jesus. He does it again and again. There were so many portrait photos you could hand out now. Say, look, there is again. Good Shepherd in action. John 10 is wonderful, but it's not just John 10. It's this moment. It's that moment. It's that moment. It's that moment. Here is our Good Shepherd. Seeking the lost, giving us a table, even that cry, come unto me, or you are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. I believe Jesus, our good shepherd, is saying that today to some of you. Then we come to the selfie. We're in the picture. We're in the picture. We're actually in this big panorama picture. We're in it. Some selfie. But we're in this picture of the good shepherd has found us. He's gathered us. Like Jacob, that first verse that went up, like Jacob, we can say, if you know Jesus... God has been my shepherd all my day to this, or all my life to this day. As a church, we've just gone through quite a difficult summer. We've had some very, very good moments uh, as a church summer, some baptisms, we're at Devoted, uh, kind of some good stuff happening there. But we've had three deaths in the church this summer. Two were folks in their, in fact, kind of in their early 70s with real battles with cancer. But very godly, one, uh, one, one a lady, one a man, in fact, our chair of trustees. And as a church, kind of they've caught us up on their story of walking through it. 
We've prayed for them, we've been there, we've cared. But actually, I know this is what they would say as Jacob. God's been my shepherd all the days of my life. And I think even meeting literally just before Devoted with our chair of trustees who could barely speak at that time, but the, what he was keen to get out to me was how I needed to do the funeral. Even through the valley of the shadow of death, he wanted it to be known, God's with him. God's with him. It's the presence of God. That's Jacob speak. God's with us. Then we had two deaths like that. I mean, tragically, actually on the morning of that second funeral, just a text came through on my phone to say that one of our younger guys, a 44-year-old younger guy, had literally just died suddenly the night before. Went out to work that morning and never came home. Just snatched. Just snatched. And you kind of, you're walking through, and I know as a church here, I know you've, you, you've got other stories, similar stories to tell. You walk through times like that, and what makes sense, the, the thing that makes sense of it is this. God's our shepherd. Even through the valley of the shadow of death. He's our personal shepherd. I'm in the picture. If you don't know Jesus here this morning, you can because he's calling you. And he's calling you by name. If you've wandered a bit from Jesus, you've kind of done your own thing a bit. Actually, you are a Christian, but you feel you just drifted and you sort of felt... Actually, I've been tempted to feed at another table. That actually is more about self-indulgence. Jesus comes for you. And he calls you back to his table. He calls you back to feed on him again. He calls you back. Right now, he calls you back. He calls us to be part, not just, it's, and it's not just me and Jesus as my, personal, as my personal shepherd. He calls us to be in community. He puts us in a flock. Okay, Old-fashioned term, but it's true. We are a flock. We are a community together of God's people. And we grow in that together. This church, as our church and all other churches, we're called to be a community that expresses the shepherd heart of God. It's what we're called to. Then next week, when you bring all your food and your, you know, everything, go, go into the food bank that will go out. What is doing that? That's a shepherding action. You're feeding people. God's called us to be community. It's why we believe in the church. And it's not just about the pastor. 
who sorts out our problems. No, 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 no. It's about a pastoral community who've caught God's big shepherd heart, who knows that the head of the church is the good shepherd, and we reach out with his shepherd care wherever he's put us. Incredible. I know you as a church are rich in stories about this. It's part of, I kind of feel I'm preaching into your lifeblood. But hear this again. It's what God calls you to. I mean, God strategically places you and you and you and you and you and you and all of us uniquely in a sphere of influence so you can reach out with his shepherd heart. What does this nation need? It needs to know the shepherd heart of the Father. Gathering, calling, gathering. Say, come unto me, all you are weary. Our nation is weary. It's only going to get more weary. There's no quick fix for our nation. People need to encounter the shepherd who seeks the lost. Who gathers. People need that real gathering, real relationship. It's what God calls us to. Let's know it for ourselves. Let's thank God for it. Even now, let him strengthen you. You're going through storms? Guess what happened next after the feeding of the 5,000? It was a storm. But they've had this experience of God's shepherd care. You're surrounded by circumstances that are against you, against you, against you, against you, against you. He provides a table for you. Even now, he wants you to feed freshly. Know it for ourselves. Let's live it. Live it with one another. Let's give it. Let's give it. Let's give it. Let's give it. We are strategically placed as churches to reach out with shepherd care. When we moved north from Kent 12 years ago now, moved into this farmhouse out the back was a courtyard. Didn't know anyone in our village. Uh, and I remember looking out at that courtyard and thinking, do you know what? We're going to be pastors to whatever happens in that courtyard. Three holiday cottages and another couple living there. I just thought, okay, I'm going to take that as a pastoral responsibility of within, as it were, that area, the sphere of where our house is, we're going to have a pastoral role. And we could tell you many stories, actually, of friends, dear friends as they've become, in terms of our neighbours, times we've had with them, which I think, what have we done? We've reached out with shepherd care. We're not great evangelists but we have reached out with shepherd care. We've had people come through those holiday cottages, come and go, come and go, kind of 
nine times out of ten, maybe eight times out of ten, yeah, come and go, maybe just say hi, that's it. But we've had some conversations in that courtyard where people have just come up on holiday. We've done some Christmas stuff in that courtyard where visitors have just looked in on it. They've heard about Jesus. God's placed you where he's got you. To express his shepherd heart. And just pray for you as a church. If you feel able to stand, I know, it, or just do what's comfortable for you. You can stay seated, but if you want to stand, I know some people find it easier to respond standing and others sitting. Just do what you're comfortable with. God's called you by name. He's called you. He's gathered you. And now he's wrapped you up as part of his bigger story of revealing his shepherd heart to our nation, to our communities, to our neighbours, even to the nations. You're in the picture. You're in the picture. I'm just going to sing in a moment. But just let this really settle in your hearts. See the bigness of God's shepherd care. Even the difficult circumstance you're walking through right now, the Lord is your shepherd. He is with you. Never going to leave you. Goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life, even in the presence of those enemy or those opposing circumstances is a table. It's green pastures. Come, Lord, pray as we just sing together. I want to pray, come, let there be a real response in our hearts to you. And again, a real receiving and in giving of your shepherd love, we pray. Come, Holy Spirit, just come. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Just come.